Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a very important executive learns the hard way that you should never mess with the IT guy. Our next Reddit post is from Dashant. Backstory. My father-in-law works for a heavy equipment manufacturer. They make highway-making equipment, machines for gold and gem mining, etc. The machines aren't really relevant to the story, only that they're big and scary enough that everyone is very strict about safety. Well, almost everyone. This company only has one IT guy. He does everything, from web admin to the ID badges to the printer isn't working. So, obviously, he needs an office with a computer. The only problem is, most of his job is keeping the ancient assembly line machines on life support. So, he's constantly on the factory floor fixing various error codes. The problem. One day, one of the VPs of ass-kissing deigns to leave the plush veneer of the C-level suites to enter the plebs' office. And he takes great offense that the IT guy is wearing jeans, boots, and a high-visibility vest in their strictly suit-and-tie office. Protests about his job duties fall on deaf ears. And since the IT department of one person doesn't have an official C-level officer... This VP of Askissing decides to write a new dress code just for the IT department. The dress code is a suit and tie at all times, no exceptions. So, the IT guy shows up the next day in a suit and tie, and he tries to fix an error on the factory floor, but rightfully gets turned away at the door for lack of safety gear. He spends a few days in the office goofing off while the errors on the factory floor grow and grow. The fallout. Finally, at around 3am one night, a huge production line goes down. This is a massive contract for the company. The company might even go under if this client goes elsewhere. As such, emergency procedures state that all C-level executives and even the owner must be notified immediately if this line stops at any time for any reason. So, the upper echelon of the company, including the VP ass-kisser, assembles in the boardroom to prepare for their firing spree. Around 5am, the IT guy is ordered to the boardroom where they really lay into him before they fire him. There's threats of blacklisting him in the industry, threats of lawsuits for damages, etc. And then, of course, there's the condescending, Now, what do you have to say for yourself? question. The mic drop. The IT guy unfolds a few pieces of paper from his pocket and puts them on the table in front of the owner. He says, this is why I have to wear a suit and tie no matter what. This was my objection because I have to be able to do my job properly. This is the safety officer refusing me entry for my lack of safety gear. And this is the record that VP Askisser got my emails, but he never responded. Not a pin drop or a cricket chirp could be heard. Just the faint ruffling of pages as the owner read the documents. Finally, the owner spoke. Your so-called dress code is officially revoked. VP Askisser is no longer allowed to have any authority over you. Please put on your safety gear and fix machine TK-421. The rest of us will stay here all day until I'm convinced this problem will never happen again. VP Ass Kisser kept his job. He was very good at his namesake, after all. But he was transferred to become the VP of a division that didn't exist with a workforce of only one. 
him. Rumor has it that he's related to the owner somehow, but at least his self-righteousness can't ruin the actual work being done. Well, it's too bad this guy doesn't listen to r slash, because if he did, he would know to never, ever, ever mess with the IT guy at work. Our next Reddit post is from Rick Roland Ayatollah. I'm a 33-year-old man. My wife and I, like many other Americans, are beleaguered under the for-profit medical insurance industry. My wife and I gave birth to our precious first daughter in September of 2021, and we've been taking the little one to the doctor and whatnot, and we just received the bill for the labor and delivery at the hospital from September. We were charged over $20,000 for a straightforward regular delivery with an epidural. Even though I don't really like our insurance, it covered a huge chunk of the amount due. That being said, there was still over $2,000 left to pay. Well, with my wife being a teacher and myself being a state government worker, our income isn't exactly low, but neither is it high either. $2,000 out of pocket would put us into major debt. At first, the hospital was very patient with trying to get paid, until recently. I had been in communication with the hospital trying to negotiate the cheapest amount possible to clear the account. The hospital still wanted close to half the amount to close the account out. I countered with the amount of money that I could actually afford to offer, and I even offered to go into debt to pay them back. But then, the account representative kept interrupting me during the phone call and was being outrageously rude. I understand that we have a debt, and I'm not trying to welch on it. But don't treat me like dirt because of this piss-poor system that was charging my wife over $50 for one freaking Advil among other insanity. The account representative continued being nasty during the call and derisively suggested that maybe I should go to the financial assistance program, so I did. I called the customer service line for that program and in less than 10 minutes, I was getting confirmation of the entire amount being forgiven. Apparently, when you make less than 300% of the federal poverty rate, then you can go to most nonprofits and they'll just forgive the amount. The arrogant account representative tried to shame me into paying an outrageous price for services rendered, and she didn't want to accept my offer of paying some of the bills, so now they get absolutely nothing. Don't accept the medical bills that you receive. Fight tooth and nail to get it down. If you're lucky, like my wife and I, you may just get it cleared all the way. Our next Reddit post is from Up Above It All. Many years ago, I got put on a work assignment for months that required me to travel to New York City and stay every Monday to Friday. I was assisting a company manager with a project, and my hotel was near his regular office in the theater district. If you're not familiar, the theater district is heavily built for tourists. Restaurants are generally kind of fancy and expensive. There really weren't any quick and cheap options for dining in that area. My company had a generous meal policy of up to 30 to 40 bucks per meal for travel expenses. I did use that for a bit, but the food got to feeling too indulgent and kind of ridiculous given that it was an extended assignment. Also, I was working really long hours and I didn't want to go sit in restaurants. I just wanted to go watch TV and sleep in my room. So, after the first week or so, I instead went to a grocery store on Monday night. I bought some basic supplies for cereals, sandwiches, and snacks, and some frozen meals I could microwave for lunch in the office. It cost me like 60 bucks for the week. I then took a few cans of soda from my hotel fridge to make room for my weekly food purchase, and returned them before checking out at the end of the week. And that was it for the food costs, with an occasional eating out here or there. 
I did the same for the next four weeks, and I submitted my expense report at the end of the month. You know where this is going. A lady from accounting called, and she refused to reimburse my expenses because $60 is over my $40 limit, the max allowance for a meal purchase. I explained that that 60 bucks covered five days of food, but I was told that it didn't matter. So, I then spent the next month trying all the food in that neighborhood. There really weren't any cheap options. I went out to eat on a few mornings and lunch whenever I found time, and dinner absolutely every day. I could have broken it up and gotten groceries a few different times, but the convenience of once a week shopping was part of the reason why I wanted groceries in the first place. It also seemed wasteful for me to go out for an expensive meal every night for long-term travel. But now, accounting told me they preferred that to me just shopping for groceries. The next month, I got a call from my manager in New York City asking how I'd run through more budget every week of the month than the entire month before combined. I explained the grocery situation, and he thanked me and hung up. About 10 minutes later, that same lady from accounting called me to tell me they would pay me my outstanding grocery bill, as well as any grocery bill going forward, as long as the daily amount averaged for the week was under the aggregate meal allowance. I happily returned to a more reasonable diet. Our next Reddit post is from Tiger Dragon. This was from my last job at Microsoft. I was a contractor in the IT department there for over a year, and I had a lot of complaints against them. Well, it was time for me to move on. I had scored a great state job with better pay, great benefits that was still work from home, and even then, the office was even closer. All around, Microsoft just wouldn't be able to compete with this job. They were aware that I was quitting for about two months, and they almost sank it by dragging their heels on some verifications like employment verification. I even flat out told my manager that I'd be leaving at the end of the month. I finally got my official start date, and I gave a bit over two weeks notice to quit on a Friday so I could start my first day on Monday. Here's where the stupidity begins. This place has a policy to run all software updates on Sunday, so every Monday is hell. Everything's always broken due to poor quality assurance, so it's all hands on deck. If you call off work, they're gonna fight you on it. They like to bully people, and every time someone leaves, they always try to make them stay for longer, and sadly, it's worked. So my last day came, and my manager calls me and goes on and on with BS, telling me how it's not proper etiquette to give only two weeks notice. Like, since when? That I should know that it takes a minimum of three weeks to complete training, so I should know they can't replace me in time. And how could I do this to my coworkers? I'm such a selfish and bad person. So anyways, my manager's whole speech doesn't give the reaction that he wants. Then they bring out their policy and tell me that it's against company policy to quit on a Friday. This is BS because I'm a contractor, but still, I'm leaving the company, so how does this affect me? I tell them that I'm still quitting and I'm quitting on Friday. I don't know what they were thinking, but they doubled down and said that I had to work that next Monday for them. I guess they were trying to get their foot in the door and ruin my next job? I don't know. Well, their whole strategy isn't working, and at this point, they're fuming. So, they give me their ultimatum. If I won't work that Monday, then they want me to sign out and not clock back in until I've changed my mind. They look so smug because they're effectively threatening to fire me early, making me lose out on a lot of money and stuff because they know that I don't have paid time off. 
But at this point, I just don't care. My finances are just fine, so I guess I earned myself an unpaid vacation. I log out. They keep looking smug and leave me with another, Remember, don't clock in until you've decided to be reasonable. And the next day, I just don't log in. A few hours later, I get a call screaming about how I'm late and I've caused so many problems. I cut them off by saying that I'm still not coming in on Monday, so per our meeting, I'm not going to clock in. Silence. They ask me if I'm serious, and I said, were you being serious? They call me a pig-headed fool and tell me to just come in on Monday like they asked. They then wait a moment and ask if I'm going to grow up and come back in. Well, I'm bored at this point and I ask if they're going to pay my new rate on Monday. I get a confused, no? And I tell them they have their answer. They called every day that last week, bouncing between apologies, insults, browbeating, etc. All while constantly demanding that I had to come in on Monday. This was a whole week of them begging me to come in, even just part of the day to dig them out of their holes. But then doubling down by saying, So, if you come back, that means you're coming back all the way through Monday, right? At that point, I'd already dropped off my equipment. And on Monday, they called to tell me that I was fired for not showing up. I think they thought that I was joking or playing hardball for a promotion or a raise. It's the only reason I can think of for all that. Or they just really thought that I would throw away my new job for them. They had this big focus on company loyalty that a lot of people seemed to buy into, so maybe they just assumed that I'd be loyal? I did hear that my old manager had to fill in for me because they couldn't get anyone to do my shift in my jobs. And that now, months later, my manager and several others quit because everything was falling apart. They promised more than they could deliver, and they drove off experienced workers like me. OP, the way you tell this story, it sounds like Monday was your last day, just a week before they originally thought. Our next Reddit post is from KM Hags. A little background. I'm a 29-year-old woman who owns a home with my 30-year-old fiancé, and we split expenses and housework 50-50. I like to think that we contribute equally to the household, but one area where we differ in is our work schedules, as I'm a night owl and have insomnia. He works a typical 9-to-5 job, and I bartend during the evenings four nights a week with one morning brunch shift. My sleep schedule is very wonky, and lately I've been sleeping from like 9pm to 2am with a sleepless night or two per week. I do my best to stay quiet while I do things at night while I'm awake because I don't want to wake him up. Now, the malicious compliance. One day this week, me and my fiancé spent the evening tidying up the house together, and I thought that we both contributed equally and all was well and good. But there were so many dishes that there were some piled up in the sink still after we loaded the dishwasher, and they continued to pile up again. Last night, I had a sleepless night, and I spent it quietly in the living room working on a paint by numbers. Tonight I came home from work, and my fiancé said, Your painting looks good, but you really need to get your priorities straight. And he pointed out the dishes in the sink. Now, this really pissed me off, because most of the dishes were his. I'm his partner, not his maid. And I had shoveled our enormous driveway the night before. But I decided he was right. So, at 4am in the morning, I went to the kitchen and did all the dishes. Loudly. 
He came to the kitchen and asked me what the hell I was doing. I just told him that I was getting my priorities straight and I was doing the dishes like he asked. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.